I'm picking a pick number one. I'm going to take Nikola Jokic, but let's see how we build out the rest of that team. It's coming up in today's Mock Draft 12 Teams, 9 Categories, Pick 1. Michael Bolton, you're always Pick 1. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We're available on all platforms. So begins a series of mock drafts, picking from pick number one. Last season, I did pick one through 12. I'm going to do this year through to pick 14. I might. I might. I don't know. Depends on demand. You can tell me. Maybe I'll do a 15 and 16, and then a 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah, maybe that's a bit much. I don't know. We'll see. We might go there. But I'm picking at pick number one. I'm picking Nikola Jokic at pick number one, and then we'll try and build a team around that. Sounds good? That's what we're going to do. Actually, before we do that, though, as I just say nothing, I've got to tell you that today's episode, as I screw up my timing, is brought to you by Ibotta. The weather is getting cooler. Well, for you, maybe, not for me. But that means it's time to stock your closet with winter clothes with Ibotta. You can get cash back on winter coats, hats, gloves, scarves, and more for the whole family. You're going, you're going to buy these things anyway. So why don't you get cash back? It makes sense to me. Ibotta, the average Ibotta user, earns $120 back per year. That could cover the shop, the cost of a shop for new clothes, a dinner out, a flight somewhere, tickets to a game. Whatever it is you've been looking for, why don't you get that money back with Ibotta? Other situations, other apps give you points, but who's going to use points? This gives you real cash back, either directly into your bank account, into your PayPal, or in the form of gift cards. So download the Ibotta app now and use the code LOCKED to start earning real cash back. Just go to the App Store or the Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or the App Store and use the code LOCKED. So now we'll crack in and have a look at this draft. All right, let's get into this draft right now. Pick number one, it's going to be Jokic. And then it's, it's a long wait. Like I go back to number 24 and 25. I think I'm going to look at Towns at those spots. I'm not massively in on Towns. I had someone, and again, this is one person, but some, there are opinions out there. Someone said, well, you take Towns around two, he'll end up as a round one player. I don't believe that, but I believe if you take him round three, there's a massive chance of being a round two player. Um, with Jokic, if we're looking at punting situations, um, I think what we've got to look at there is threes is an option. Um, blocks is a pretty good option as well. And honestly, Jokic isn't the biggest point scorer. So if you wanted to lean in a punt points scenario, everyone who goes in the first round is a big points guy as a general rule, right? Um, but Jokic is not the biggest out of those. If you look at the guys that I got projected in the first, like I've got him at 24 points and there's Halliburton, but then everyone else is projected above him. So if you did want to punt points with Jokic, which might not be a bad idea, um, it's okay. 
Him and Halliburton are probably your two big punt points guy in round one. And you could even consider maybe a LaMelo ball in that scenario. Because look, you got other guys who are 30-point guys. Embiid, Curry, Shea, you know, maybe Durant, Tatum, Doncic, Lillard. These sort of players who are upper 20s to 30s. Whereas Jokic is probably below 25. So Jokic goes as one. This clown auto-picks. I'm going to pause the draft to get this garbage out of here. As I go pause my broadcast as well. All right, we've got people back in the room now. So let's unpause this, get it started. I don't know how this happened. Like I put the call out 10 minutes before the draft and people still didn't jump in. Anyway, D-Rock is on the clock. Make your pick. Um, Tyrese Halliburton goes at three after Embiid. I have no problem with that. I think you can go with Doncic, Halliburton, or Shea. I think the top five is relatively clear. Jokic at one and then sort of do whatever you want after that. If you wanted to take someone different at two, I get it. Um, I find it hard to make an argument to put Tatum into that top six. If I felt confident that Steph would stay healthy, oh, sorry, Tatum into the top five. I'd, if Steph was going to be healthy, I'd put him in the top in that top group as well. But I don't know that. So it goes Halliburton, Doncic, Shea, Giannis goes at six. That's high for Giannis. We don't normally see him going at that spot. So this old mate here, speed dial, is almost 100% going to take Tatum would be my guess. Yep, there we go. So Tatum goes at seven. Outside of Yanni going at number six, it's probably going according to script. Nico Gucci, come on, mate, make your pick. And then um, this is where it gets tough. This is probably either a Steph or Lamelo spot. I would. That's how I would view that. Whether this bloke does or not, yeah, Lamelo ball. All right, and I think you got to go Steph at nine. Barbecued chicken. Oh, you're you're looking dangerously like you're not in the room, mate. Are you green? Are you white? Come on. If you're not here, I'm going to lose my mind. How can I put this out and then you just don't turn up? That's right. All right, so you're not here. Awesome, sick, love it. Let's pause again. Great. All right, turns out old mate was there, and now he's ready to pick as the time runs down. So let's go. Let's make your pick. Four seconds left. Anthony Davis goes. All right. At 10. Interesting. So no Lillard yet. No Durant. No Kyrie. Lillard goes at 11. So what's Mike going to do? Is Mike here? He bet. I don't want to have to pause this again. Come on, Mike. Hey, we're there. We're good. We're good. Everyone's here. We're ready to go. Trey Young goes at 12. That is a little early for Trey, but I, I don't dislike it. I'm I'm about him around the 14, 13, 14 marks. I guess it's not too bad. Don Mitchell goes at 13. People will tell you how much they hate picking at the back end. Then I get it because when we look at these guys like Trey and Mitchell, you consider them more as like back end, second or third round guys. And I think that's just a, a factor of how good the top guys are. These guys are still really strong, and it doesn't mean that you've lost your league when you're picking from there, but it does give that feeling that you're not quite getting the value that you should. And I think that's another reason why third-round reversals are a really good strategy. I'm not doing it in this draft. I am in all the locked-on fantasy basketball bowl drafts, but it is a good idea to do, I think. So Trey goes at 12, Mitchell 13, Durant 14, then Irving 15, Sabonis 16, Booker 17. No real massive surprises. What it's going to end up coming down to here is I'm going to end up with a choice to pick Kawhi Leonard, I think. And I know it's tough with him in a head-to-head league. He is currently healthy. How long that stays, I think he will miss some back-to-backs this season. I've got no doubt about that, but it doesn't mean he's going to miss all of them. 
Maybe he maxes at 60 games. I, I don't know. But he's going to be... Oh, that is early for you, Jackson. He went with Bam Adebayo at 19. That is super early, as Anthony Edwards went at 18. That's I, We can obviously see he's leaning into something with a build with going Giannis and Bam. But, Jackson, we'll see how it turns out. Maybe it's going to be fine. And I know you, you will listen back to this. But... Part of the risk of implementing a punt strategy and then taking those punt guys early because you think it has to fit their build is that you lose any value that you might have obtained from doing a punt build. Now, we'll see where this ends up. I'm not saying that you are doing that or it's going to be wrong or anything like that, but that is one of those dangers where this guy fits perfectly because I am punting threes and he doesn't hit threes, therefore I must take him early. And that's not really how punting works. Again, this is not, I'm not saying this is what you're doing, Jackson. And I was on Dan Besbrus' show uh, the other day, yesterday, talking about punting and how the misconceptions about it, like just because someone's bad at something, you don't have to draft them in a punt build. You don't have to. Just just don't worry about it. Ah, Towns went. Um, yeah, I am going to be in the Kawhi business here, aren't I? And remember, when you're on the turn, again, oh, my car bridges. All right, when you're on the turn, hmm, this is a shit spot. Do I take Kawhi? Do I take Paul George? Oh, I, I don't. Ooh, I mm, hmm. I hmm. I'm gonna take George with very little time on the clock, and now I now I don't want to take Kawhi to back that up. And then the top of my board does not look particularly strong. What I might do, I said I'm gonna punt blocks or points here. What are we gonna do? I might take Van Vliet. Man, that clock is fast, man. All right, I'm going to take Van Vliet there. But yeah, I really do want to get Towns in that spot, but that's all right. What do you think of the Rockets signing Reggie Bullock? I think that what it, this does is it was takes Cam Whitmore out of the rotation. It probably drops Jay Sean Tate down a little bit. It probably hurts Tari Eason and Amen Thompson. I, I still think they're worthy flyers, but the chances of them succeeding as flyers has dropped pretty significantly. After I took Van Vliet at 25... Bain went at 26. Okay. Which, again, I talked about this on the show the other day. I'm not, I'm just not massively into Bain. I think that Levine is going to do very similar things to Bain and do it 30 spots later. I Maybe that's not true. Maybe you don't agree with that, and that's totally your right as well. Huh. That I hate from you, Derok. Walker Kessler at 27, absolute hatred. I, I just I don't get it. I don't like the pick. Um. Yeah. Cool. And I especially don't like it in that combination. But anyway, we'll see how your team looks at the end. Larry Marketing goes at twenty-eight. That's probably about right for Larry. I would say. Kawhi goes at twenty-nine. There is risk in it. Obviously, it's Kawhi. We know the risks, but taking it there does eliminate a chunk of risk, a sizable chunk of risk. And I'm. Uh, I'd be okay with it. Again, I was debating doing it at whatever, 29 or 24, 25 is what I was considering with it. I'm trying to adjust things on the side here. Oh, Darren Fox at 30. That See, he is, he's really leaning into a punt free throw build. And every one of those guys has gone spots earlier than they should. You do not have to, in a punt free throw build or a punt build, take the guys who are bad at that category. It's it's There's nothing wrong with this team. I just It's just more of a strategy discussion. Garland goes at 31, although if you are doing punt free throws, which I certainly is, you have to make sure you get assists because most most assist players are high free throw players. 
That's really good value from you, Nico Gucci, taking Jim Harden at 32. Um, there's some clown who always comes onto the channel and, and comments, man, this dickhead doesn't know what he's talking about. I told him Harden was going to be a bust last year and he wouldn't listen. He had him top five. I, I know. I had him top five and he finished 11th. Oh, no. L season over. That, though, is for Harden is pretty strong value. Like, I, I don't know what's going to happen with him. He turned up to training camp apparently today, but who knows what's going to go on. But that's amazing value. Miles Turner at 33, LeBron at 34, DeJounte 35. I don't love DeJounte there, but I'm not, I'm not completely against that. LeBron there is probably about the right spot, but there's no way at age 35 you want to trust somebody's health like that. Oh, there you go. Jaron Jackson at 36. If, wow, that is... I, I, I didn't mention it, but I was debating him at the 24-25 turn. For Jaron Jackson to go behind Miles Turner, Walker Kessler... Um, LeBron, that's crazy. That's insane to me. The headmaster goes at 37. I love that. Evan Mobley at 38. Also an okay pick. Pretty good pick. That Yeah, that's Mike Rame. Trey Young, Don Mitchell, Jaron Jackson, Jamal Murray. What a start, mate. That is an unbelievable start. At, for picking number 12 as well, you got to love that. Look at all the centers going off here. Siakam, oh, how, how bad are the vibes in Toronto? The Siakam and Masai stuff, it is terrible. Why are the vibes on that team horrible all the time? I don't know if Siakam's getting traded midseason. This team has refused to do anything like that and make any sense of any of their moves at any point over the last three, four years. Something horrible is going on in Toronto, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going on. Jalen Brunson goes at number 40. Zach Levine, I'm sure you would have... Uh, that's I love that for Levine. I'm sure you would have heard Fred Katz on a couple of podcasts, Knicks beat reporter for The Athletic, talking about how there are people around the Knicks who are adamant that Brunson is going to improve significantly from last season. Now, to be fair, I think the other reporters on those shows have always pushed back and go, how? Like, what's he doing more? And I, I tend to be a little bit on those guys' side. Like, I think there is an increase in usage for Brunson, but not an increase in the 48% from three that he hit over the final three months or whatever it was. And he's still going to be a low-volume steals guy and not a great volume threes player. But it is interesting to see Fred really, really yeah, hammering that down. Porzingis... Goes after Levine. Zion Williamson goes at 43. That is pretty early for Zion. Again, you're leaning into the punt. I can see what he's doing. He's grabbing all the bad free throw shooters. Jackson, we'll see how it works out. And remember I talked yesterday about the Zion Williamson injury report? Right away, I took it down because it was fake. Be very, very careful what you believe. After Zion goes Wembenyama, I was certain that we would see Wembenyama just start going in the second round of all drafts. And he is going in the fourth at a very... Oh, I better stop talking. Better re reasonable spot. It is my pick. After Chet goes... Oh, Gideon Chet in round four. Jesus. All right, what am I doing here? Um, I am going to take... What's my time? 15 seconds. Um, I was going to punt assist, but it looks like we're not going to... Not punt assist. I was going to punt points, but we're not going to do that anymore. What we are going to do, though, is we're going to take... Shit. Ah, oh, I missed it. Ah, where did I pick? Jalen Brown. All right, I got auto-picked. Well, I'll leave it. L for me. And Jordan Poole. Oh, that screwed me. All right, that's uh, actually, you know what? It's not terrible. I'll take Brown. I'll take Jordan Poole in those spots. And we're really punting blocks at this stage. Need some rebounds though. And we'll grab one of those with the next pick. Yeah, we'll grab one of those with the next pick. I don't... Okay, so after Wembenyama goes Vooch, Giddy. Holmgren, that's early for those guys. Both Giddy and Holmgren in the top 50. Mm. And in the end, like I got Jalen auto-picked at 48. That's pretty good value, I think. 
The other guys I was considering there were, were Claxton and maybe not – or an Aiton was the other guy. Well, Aiton in round five here. So DeRozan goes at 49, Scott Barnes at 50. Oh, man. D-Rock, I love that you are in this draft, right? I love it because you have got a completely different perspective to me, and that is fantastic. But I have strong opinions, and I think Walker Kessler in round three is shit. I think Josh Gideon in round four is shit. I think Scott Barnes at 50 is shit. But we don't know. And I love that you've got a different perspective. I also say that I don't like what E. Hollow did with Vooch in round four and Randall in round five. But who knows? It's good. It's good. We've got some different opinions here. Big Fungus really dominating there with DeAndre Ayton. Dom- dominating, in fact. Which is, honestly, if you're considering drafting DeAndre Ayton, because he continues to call himself dominating, um, you've got to drop him down. It's one of the cringiest bullshit things I've ever heard in my life. Second only to the Heat rocking Heat culture jerseys. That's probably number one. Nicky Claxton goes at 54. Jarrett Allen goes at 55. Hmm. Well, I've criticized Jackson some of your moves. Getting Claxton there is a gigantic W. He should not have fallen that that far, so I do love that from you. Maxi is really strong at 56, I think. The hardened spot makes it difficult, right? But you're eliminating floor or a floor risk by taking Halliburton at, or sorry, Maxi at 56. And lots of upside baked into it. I love it. And I love Beal going there as well at 57. Love that. All right, let's focus. What are we going to do? I need to have... I need rebounds. So who do I... Is it, It's too early for me to go... Is it though? Mark Williams? At my next pick, which would be 72. Is it too early? Maybe it's not. Shangun goes at 58. I'm going to throw the big fella, Mark. You will have noticed, guys, and I apologize for this, that I haven't been playing sound drops. Unfortunately, at this time, I can't. There is uh, there's some legal issues with um, copyright stuff that I can't do it. And I'm, we're hoping I can get something sorted out, but that's why I haven't played them, unfortunately. Drew Holiday goes at 59 Love it. Ananobi at 60. Look, if you're getting Ananobi at 40, L, Ananobi at 60, W. Mike Graham, absolutely cleaning up, I reckon, at the moment, the big fella. He's doing a great job. And then he gets Ingram at 61. So we, we hate if Ingram goes at 48. At 61, and again, he's on the turn. Oh, that's too early for Jar Morant, Shawnee. Oh, 62 is too early. No way. Franz Wagner goes next to Barbecue Chicken at 63, which is okay. It's okay. I I do need rebounds. Who is my rebounder? Oh, it's got to be Mark. What about oh, what about Pirtle? Hmm. What about the Bronco? He's not a rebounder, but he's got to be an option. Hmm. <laughs> what do I do here? What do you make of my mate Devin Vassell getting that extension to make him the Spurs' highest paid player, which is honestly the biggest blessing I've ever received so that when I tell people I think Keldon Johnson's coming off the bench, those people can't say, well, actually, Josh, why would they bring the highest paid player off the bench? He's clearly their best. Ah, well, you know what? He's not anymore. So there we go. We'll see whether he comes off the bench. That doesn't mean anything. But I'm just glad, glad that that little bow isn't in their quiver anymore. Simon's at 64. Hero is 65. Oh, that is... I didn't expect Simons to go there. I like it. I didn't expect it. Hero 65. Brook Lopez 66. Let's see what Jackson does. Paolo Bunkero. Hmm. Get it? You're punting free throws. Yeah, all right. Oh, Chris Paul. Wow, okay. Hmm. Chris Paul's going to have a little bit of a boost early in the season with Draymond out because he will start in place of Draymond. Um, 
The Bronco goes at 69. This is going to be Mark Williams' territory for me. But what else do I do? Do I do I go double young big? Go bear goes at 70. I like that value. The other one I'd consider here is a Nyekarakongu. Or... Hmm. Purtle? No, I don't want Purtle. What about... Not Gafford. What about Coos? Yeah, let's take the big fella, Mark Williams, as Jeremy Grant goes one. Let's take Kuzma. All right, Kyle. That's He's a pretty good rebounder. I'm pretty bad at field goals anyway, and I can deal with his free throws. So I'm okay grabbing Kuz there at 73, Mark Williams 72, Devin Vassell 74, which is really good from you. I'll criticize people's picks and I'll praise them as well because it's all about opinion, isn't it? I didn't like El Prenchengun taking Holmgren in round four, um, but I do like him taking Vassell in round seven. Fultz goes in round seven. Again, like you, Dayrock, hated the picks and then Gobert and Fultz, I love them. Whether they make a ton of sense on a Halliburton team, I don't know. But what it does look like you're doing after drafting Halliburton and Butler, two good free throw guys, is you've just gone all bad free throw guys after that, although Fultz is a better one now. Interesting strategy. McCullum at 76 is just, I'm not interested in that. It's too early for me. I, I don't understand it. In the slightest, Rogier goes. There is a little bit of upside in Rogier at 77. I wouldn't say that it's sparkling upside, but without Lamelo, he couldn't shoot. And with Lamelo, he can. He's more of an... Oh, Jackson, what are you doing? Jackson, I'm going to message you about this later, my guy, because why are you taking Scoot at 78? Again, the team might look good, but you are eliminating value. You could be much stronger. The point of doing this is to get value, and you are not doing that. Interesting. Cam Johnson at 79 is good. It is good. Although, you know, I know I'm, I'm being harsh on Jackson, but he's doing what I suggest to do. If you are going to punt, go hard. You've got to, and, and by go hard, I mean don't go hard into making things negative. Go hard into making things positive. You've got to go super hard and lean into him. And at the moment, he's got a very strong field goal percentage and quite a strong rebound number. Now, the part of the problem is these other categories are sort of eh. He needs to really boost some of those up. After uh, Cam Johnson is Middleton at 80, Austin Reeves 81, Marcus Smart 82. Okay. Bit of value there, I think. What do I need to look at? I still need some uh, assists. Still need some... I thought rebounds, but I'm actually good on rebounds now. <sighs> I might push myself into... Bloody hell, I don't even know here. Tyus Jones? Trey Jones? Derek White goes at 83. As much as I'm a little bit more down on White... They are extraordinarily thin on that team. The problem is on a healthy team, he's not worth this. With an injury, he is worth this. And how much do we bank on injuries? I suppose with that team, you can. Pirtle goes at 84. That Mike, you, I, I love this, man. I love that. I love every one of your picks. Every, it seems that every one of your picks, Mike Rame, you have just snagged 10 spots of value. Well, not every one of them, because obviously Trey and Don, you didn't. But you just snag and value everywhere. And I'm loving that. And then you get Wendell, which is maybe not snagging value, but it's also not an overpay. Mike Rame just really killing it at the moment. Love the way that that is coming together on that team. Um, all right. That D-Rock team is very interesting. They've got very strong field goals. Terrible scoring. 
terrible punt points. They're not terrible punt points. They're just punt points. Miles Bridges goes. Oh, Kongwu went. Damn it. Uh, Kongwu went at 86. Bridges, 87. Clay, 88. Tyus Jones, 89. Jabari at 90. That is early. That's banking in a ton of improvement. And maybe it comes. And then Ben Simmons goes. Of course he does at 91. I still feel like every one of Jackson's picks, except for Claxton, could have been made around later. The passport legend, Jalen Duran, goes at 92. Okay. I love. I can't wait to see what stupidity that team rolls out. I think we're going to get some stupidity with them, with playing Duran at the four. I think we get some stupidity with the Blazers at times, with Aiton and Rob Williams. Toby Harris goes at 93. I need to start focusing on what I'm going to do. Oh, do I take... What about Maga Porter Jr. here? What about Nurk? What about Zach Collins? What about Capella? Now let's take Nurk, I think. Um, I'm just going to let that time run down while I work. And I think I'm going to take Maga Porter. Sorry, Michael Ponder Jr. Or no, 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 no. I'm going to take Trey Jones. Um, no, Trey Jones. Still need a forward on this list. Can I re... Yeah, I can shuffle my positions. Let's get Jalen in there. Let's get Poole in there. Let's get Trey Jones up there. All right, so Jalen Green went at 95. That's a pretty good spot for him. And then I went Nurkic and Trey Jones. M- Michael Ponder Jr. would have been the next one. Dinwiddie's on my list there. Johnny Collins is in the mix. Oh, Draymond. That's a nice, nice little spot for Draymond. I think Dayrock would have loved to have got Draymond. He goes Mitchie Robinson now instead. Okay. Robinson has very little upside to me, and I think Jackson would have loved to have gotten him. Wonder who John Collins is. I'm going to put him in my queue and Porter because they're the guys that I want next. And Capella and Dinwiddie, even Wiggins will go there too. Uh, Mike Conley goes at 100. Feels a little early for Conley. I tell you what, if you are in a deep league, and this is going to be your one little hint I give you for locked on fantasy basketball bowl. It's not a hint because who knows if it's going to be real, but. We've got 18-man rosters. So we've got stashable benches because we've got games caps each week. Shake Milton needs to be drafted relatively highly because if Mike Conley goes down or when he is out, Shake is going to be the guy. And I think that's strong value. I love Zach Collins going there at 101. I knew Jackson was going to take a Sar Thompson somewhere, but at round nine, that is just way too... It's, it just feels so early, Jackson. Um, D'Angelo Russell goes at 103, which is Okay. What's your... Okay, let's look at the Joneses. I took Trey. Tyus just went. Who do you think is going to be better this season? Trey or Tyus? I think it's close. Sadiq Bay goes at 104. Now, I like getting Sadiq Bay at 120. I don't love it in round nine. I just don't think he is hashtag good. Capella at 105. That is for Sadiq Bay to go ahead of the uh, Kerning legend, dental pain legend, Clint Capella is crazy to me. At three Hawks or former Hawks in a row. And before Matt, Michael Ponder Jr. as well. Wow. Steal from you, Sean and Callum, who somehow get in every single mock draft that I do. I don't know how that's possible, but it but it happens. And now, Mike, can you just give me something to can you give me has, can you give me the fanny flutters with your next pick? And for those of you in America, fanny does not mean bum. It does not mean ass. Andy Wiggins at 108. I like it. I like it. He was in my queue. That's how much I like it from you, Mike. Me and Mike. I'm gonna send him a message later on. Love it. 
I mean, I won't because I don't actually have his DM or stuff, anything. But big Mike Rain, killing it. Emmanuel, oh, I don't like that one though. Oh, I don't really, I don't know about that one. Quickly's good, shit in the playoffs. But where is the minutes? Where are they coming from? Where are they coming from? All right, so I've got, what have I got? Five picks left. Robbie Williams at 110. That's good from you, Sean and Callum. Jaden Ivey at 111. Eh, I don't know about that. Maybe, maybe. Bruce Brown got to start going off the board soon. He's the one I'm really looking at. Yeah, there we go. I'm going to chuck Trey into my queue. Because he chuck Keegan, PJ, Valanciunas. They're all going into the queue. Um, so it's a Dinwiddie at 113. Dinwiddie in the right build or in a points league can smash this. I just don't know how they're going to use him. His assist rate was insane in Brooklyn last season. But I would guess the likelihood of remaining that insane probably isn't there. Steve Adams at 115. I mean, cool, 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 cool. Again, reaching. Sure, he fits what you do. But, you know, you, your aim is not to make your team bad at free throws. I will continue to say this, Jackson. I know you're not listening, but you will listen later. Your aim is not to make your team bad at free throws. Brogdon at 116. It does feel like Brogdon is going to stay in Portland. I just don't think he's going to play anymore. Had someone, again, <laughs> sure, it's one person, but often I find that with the people, thousands of people that watch and listen, if one person says something, there are going to be multiple people that hold that, hold that same opinion. As I'll just get, I'll talk about in a sec, about Brogdon. So Paul Reed goes, Keegan Murray goes at 117. It's not quite, I'm not quite taking Trey Murphy, but I'm getting close. I would have taken Keegan there. Um, Benny Matherin, Bud Heald goes, I, what, what's my team looking like? What do I need? I'm going to take Matherin, who is starting for the Pacers in their first training camp scrimmage. So I'm good with that. Um, and then I've got Page Page Washington. Ooh, I don't really know how much PJ is going to play, but He's got a good chance at it. Anyway, so what I was going to talk about with Brogdon is that I was we were talking on one of the shows. I don't even know if it was me or a guest talking about Brogdon saying he's a bit broken down. Someone goes, oh, how can he be broken down? He averaged 15, 5, and 6, um, and won six man of the year. Y- yeah, and then he got injured. I don't think... Sometimes fantasy people don't actually pay attention to what happened in the playoffs. He couldn't shoot. He couldn't do anything with his elbow. That's why his trade to the Clippers got cancelled because his elbow was wrecked. And there was real worry that it was going to impact him this start of this season. So he is an older player who's had many lower body injuries. And now he's had a trade canceled because of an injury. That's what we mean by broken down. And I don't think, despite him being good, and he is, I don't think he's going to be prioritized over Sharp, Scoot, or Simons. We tried to work it out the other day. There was 144 minutes at the three positions, one, two, and three. He might get 25, 26 minutes. Um, All right. So after... PJ goes Amen Thompson, Herb Jones at 123. This should be flyer territory here. Jordan Clarkson, 124. I like that. Gary Tramp, not big on Tramp, but it's absolutely good here. Tari Eason, sure. Um, D'Anthony Melton, 127. No problem. Joshy Richardson, love it. Chrissy Wood, love it. The Horse, Keldon Johnson. Don't love it, but I do love it here. And that's always where context comes in. If you're going to take Keldon at 100, I think you, you think you made a mistake. If you're going to take him at 130, congratulations. Well done. It might work. It might not. Can Kelden turn into a player that's different to what he's been? Probably not. But at that value, who cares? It's, I love it. It's a good spot. What 
am I going to do though when we come back around? Because I probably better think about that a little bit more. So without with Jokic on my team, I have turned into a poor blocks team. Now, what is interesting with my team? I'm looking at it and you look at Z scores for categories and all that sort of stuff, right? Trey Murphy just went after Kelden. And it says my field goal percentage Z score is minus 1.81. So you look at that and go, oh, I guess I'm punting it. And my team is projected to shoot 48% from the field, right? So is that is it that bad? And on a week-to-week basis, shooting percentages vary. I'm not that worried about it. Like that's that's fine, right? I'm not. That's not a thing where I just lose it every week. Now, part of it is some teams have insanely high field goals projected, like 55 and 53. And yeah, I'll lose to them. But there's a 48, a 48, a 47, a 48, a 49, a 47, a 45, a 49, a 49, a 50. We can beat those guys. Not a problem. Shaden Sharp goes at 132, Lively at 133. Remember, I've said so many takeaways this preseason and offseason for fantasy. If you're in a head-to-head category league, that all of the rankings, all of the way that stats are presented to you is for Roto Leagues. Averages, they're important in Roto Leagues. Rankings, they're more important in this sense for Roto Leagues. Because over the course of the season, even if you have a difference in a projected number of three steals a week, it's easily over to overcome. Over a 25-week season, that's 80 to 90 steals. That's a sizable margin. So when we look at these Z scores, Z scores, standard scores, whatever you want to call them, and you look at the number and you go, oh, I'm a minus one in this category. It's going to be really hard. In a week-to-week thing, on a low-volume stat, it doesn't mean anything. It's so small. For a, a When we're looking at rankings, and totals, or per game, and averages, it applies to Roto more than head-to-head. I cannot stress this enough. I did an analysis on it the other day about how I view whether categories on a week-to-week basis are winnable. And it turned out that probably out of a standard nine categories, in on average, there's four that are decided and five that are up in the air each each matchup. Whereas I th- and the general consensus that when I asked people just the question, hey, what do you think? Most people thought one or two. So, oh, Peyton Watson. All right, I'll, I'll recap these picks in a second when I get to my selection as we're getting into punt, not punt territory, but uh, flyer territory. Um, okay. Now, is Aaron Gordon, or well, Patrick Williams is going to be my guy here. Oh, I was going to take Aaron Gordon, but Patrick Williams just went. Oh, sorry, I was going to take Aaron Gordon, but he just went. So I took Patrick Williams instead. And we're in flyer zone. Now, I don't like Brandon Miller, but do I take him or do I take Herbert Toppin? I think I take Toppin, who's going to probably be the starter to begin the year for the Pacers. So I took Pat Williams and Obi Toppin there um, in my flyer zone. I'd like to get a flyer point guardy type player. I don't really know that they exist necessarily. What was I saying? Oh, they do, because I'll get Levert is who I'll look at. Um, oh, so let's, uh, should I just recap those picks? So after Derek Lively goes Valanchunas, Westbrook, Cole Anthony, Dylan Brooks, yuck. Dylan Wright, yuck. Uh, Jaden McDaniels, good. Good from you, Jackson. Good. Finally a good pick. Bogdan Bogdanovich, Kevin Herter, eh. Peyton Watson, Upside, it's never going to pay off, but fine. Aaron Gordon, Pat Williams, Obi Toppin, Dennis Schroeder, Matisse Thibel, and Boyan Bogdanovich, Gordon Haywood. That's actually an upside pick there. I don't remember what I was saying about 
week to week. Oh, yeah, week to week. I anecdotally asked people how many categories you think are actually up for grabs each week, and they're like one or two. And from the numbers that I looked at, it's probably five. Most matchups you go in, there's going to be clear, clear decided categories, three to four of them each week. And that depends on a full health. Like you lose two players and that can change. But if you go in with full strength teams in a usually drafted draft, a regular sort of draft, instead of the two categories per week, which when you look at long-term averages, that would be the suggestion. But when you look on a head-to-head, week-to-week basis, it looks to me as five to six categories that are undecided each week on the small sample variance. Remember that. Remember that. It's why also when people look at weekly projections and I'm expected to win this week, like, oh, I was expected to win 6-3 and I lost 3-6. Yeah, because so many of those categories have such narrow margins that it it takes nothing to flip them. There's probably three to four decided categories. So you've got to be active on the wire. You've got to be active with setting your lineup and putting the right blokes in. It is key. That is why I continue to stress again. You don't win your draft. You don't lose your draft unless you just make an abomination of a draft with 10 shit ones in a row. You make a good foundation, a good standing. But if you don't do the requisite things during the week, you're going to lose. You don't have that much leeway unless you're against a bunch of spuds who have never watched the NBA in their life. So, after Gordon Hayward goes Jalen Johnson. I'm losing faith in Jalen Johnson getting a big role, but that's okay. Jeremy Sohan goes, Karis LeVert, Denny Avdia, Rowan Barrett, Brandon Miller, Chrissy Dunn. If it's a Zubats, Harrison, but I hate that Harrison Barnes pick. Nikola Jovic, the, um, it, according to Tony Jones today, he says there's almost no chance Keontae George wins that starting job. Doesn't preclude me from having a crack at him. Oh, I was just going to take Sexton. He just went. Um, so it looks like it's going to be, I would guess, Sexton and Clarkson, maybe with Dunn, but who knows? But he seems to think that it's not going to be George. But I wouldn't mind, and I'm. Oh, he just went. Or did I just pick that by mistake for him? I hope I didn't. Uh, John Kaminga. All right. I think people are thinking Kaminga is going to step up with Draymond out. I don't think he's going to start. Chris Paul is. Paul and Looney are going to start. Um, but yeah, I don't really believe in the role for Kaminga this season. Do I have a point guard option available? Not really. Andrew Nembhard? Andrew Nembhard. Or Kyle Lowry? Kaysan Wallace goes. I'm going to take... I'm just going to take Kyle Anderson. Oh, 23 seconds. That's not an upside pick. That's going to go against my idea of upside picks. No, you know what I'm going to do? Just to show you that I want an upside player, but I probably would go and add someone to... Dinger. Uh, I'm going to take Jalen Suggs just as an upside selection there. So, my team. Jokic, Paul George... Fred Van Vliet, Jalen Brown, Jordan Poole, Mark Williams, the future MVP, Kyle Kuzma, Yusuf Nurkic, Trey Jones, Benedict Matherin, PJ Washington Jr., Patrick Williams, Obert Toppin, and Jalen Suggs. Don't love the Suggs one. Probably end up swapping him out pretty quickly after this draft. Um, but yeah, that's how the team looks. I'm pretty okay with how it turns out. Projected standings aren't everything, but it does have Sean and Callum on top, and it has barbecue chicken down the bottom. I am, where am I? I am f- equal third, um, and Drifter Spence is second. I'm equal with D-Rock, who had some, there's, there's some gigantic negatives for some of these teams. 
Jackson's free throws is 69%. Congratulations to you. D-Rock's threes are at 0.7 per game. That is very low. Jackson's threes are at 0.8 per game. Very low. Nico Gucci's field goal percentage is at 44.7 in my projections. Very low. They are the ones where you have just definitely lost those categories. But more importantly, which ones have you gone big on? Well, part of the reason D-Rock was able to be up the top here is he's got an insane field goals at 53. He's got blocks at 1.0, which is a huge number. Um, and he's got almost no turnovers. But of course, because he's got no turnovers, he has no points and he has no assists. Part of the reason that I always will advise about punting turnovers is they are the, the two most highest correlated numbers in fantasy involve turnovers. And they highly correlate with assists and they highly correlate with points. So if you're going for low turnovers, you are going to have low points and assists as well. That's just in general hard to... It's it's one category that then negatively impacts two. And that doesn't make it hard. Now, you have to build up your others. And he's built up his field goals. He's got strong field goals, blocks and turnovers. And he wins those basically every week. And then it comes down to what happens with rebounds and steals. So it is going to make it hard to have that sort of strength. He's got four pretty significant negatives on his team. Just really focusing on you here, D-Rock. Um, but like even like the steals, like his steals, it's got a Z-score of 2.34. Like they're projected at 1.04. That's nothing. You know how easy that is to beat each week? His rebounds have got a Z-score of 1.99. Is it 6.3? Smash it. Like it puts you in a precarious position. So it's all well and good to have a negative 10 in points and a negative 11 in threes for a Z-score total. I want positives. I want positive nines and positive 11s. That's what you should be focusing on. Don't focus on the bright reds. Focus on the bright greens. And he's done it to a degree. Now, is my team super strong? Not really. I've got some okay steals. I've got some okay rebounds. I'm solid in assists. I'm sort of middle of the pack for a lot of these numbers. Um, I have a, a negative in field goals. I'm at 47%, which is not terrible. Um, and I've got pretty poor turnovers at 2.1, but again, it's not terrible. So I'm in the mix to be able to win most weeks with some ability to to pivot into some different areas. Part of my issue is if I played against Alperen Sengun's team, he looks like he'd smash me. And if I played against Drifter Spence, he'd smash me, but I would beat every other team. But so much changes as the season goes on, as you're well aware. Overall, pretty happy with how that team turned out. Didn't like some of the picks. I didn't like that I auto-drafted Jalen Brown, but that's okay. Some of the things that I tried to organize, like trying to get Carl Towns at the back of second round, which would be a good pairing with Jokic, didn't work out. And that's why I am very much... Not anti I probably won't do a show. Maybe I will, just because people ask for it. Hey, can you do a pairing show? I probably won't do it because I think it's entirely overrated. And I think I think it leads you astray more than it helps you. Because you focus so narrowly on who's got to go with this guy. The answer is 10 guys, 20 guys. There's so many different options. It's going to be nimble. You've got to adjust. You've got to make your team make sense at the time and make the right moves. Upside is more important than pairings. Follow me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Please thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.